Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study, 7 a.m. Eastern meeting. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, June 8, 2020, and today we are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We are on page 160, the third paragraph, starting with the very packed practical approach, focusing on that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, Nancy P., Lisa B., Leslie W., Mary Beth S., Marge E., and our second hour service folks, newcomer greeter Dory P., host Do L. The reference numbers, uh, share ID for yesterday's Sunday special edition, June 7th. 2020 is 14,767. That's 14767. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Mary Beth S. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Mary Beth. Thank you so much, Amy. Good morning, everyone. It's a good day to be alive. My name is Mary Beth S., and I'm from South Bend, Indiana. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight made a list of all persons we had harmed, and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except to do so uh, would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. uh, Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, 
Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Beth. I will now ask for Marge E. to read the 12 traditions. Go ahead, Marge. Thanks, Amy. Thank you for your service. This is Marge E. from Massachusetts. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, our group purpose, group purpose, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from a primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. <clears throat> Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is a spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Marge. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. Again, this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted and try to avoid speaking on a speaker phone. Today, we resume our study in the big book. We are on page 160, the third paragraph, and I'm going to ask Nancy P. to get us started. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi, Amy. Thanks for letting me share. This is Nancy P., the one-trick pony from West Newton, Massachusetts. 
the very practical approach to his problems, the absence of intolerance of any kind, the informality, the genuine democracy, the uncanny understanding which these people had were irresistible. He and his wife would have would leave elated by the thought of what they could do now do for some stricken acquaintance in his family. They knew they had a host of new friends. It seemed they had known these strangers always. They had seen miracles, and one was to come to them. They had visioned the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator. Okay, Amy, if you could time me. Um, Absolutely. So, thank you. So this very practical approach. Now, this... Practical means data-driven, and I'm all about that. I like a lot of evidence because I spent from 2000, from rather from 1971 to 2017 trying to find an easier, softer way to game the system to figure out if I did it half, halfway or 98% of the way or any other way other than the way that it said that I would somehow get the rewards that are promised, and I got exactly nothing. And... Um, Finally, when I surrendered, that's my one trick, I found out that um, I could change and that I could recover. I spent decades in meetings, jealous and resentful and angry. How come her and not me? How come her and not me? It's not possible for me. It's never going to happen for me. But when I went through these steps with someone in whom the problem had been solved, um, I got better. And starting with, you know, I mean, there's just so much in this paragraph. I guess starting with, because I did the work, I was able to choose my own conception of God, which was lucky because I don't get on my knees. I don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't, you know, I tried for a long time to do what other people did and it never worked. And when I finally actually read the text and saw that I could choose my own conception of a higher power, I was, I I began to get better. That was one of the things that helped me to get better. But I want to focus on this uncanny understanding because, to me, that means that I'm not special. How could these people actually know every single thing that I did? I mean, when I say that I surrendered the day that I was sobbing in my car after having eaten a dozen donuts, crying over my poor daughter that was self-harming, um, you know, the whole fact of I could tell someone I just ate a dozen donuts and nobody blinked, um, that's the kind of thing of uncanny understanding. I'm not special. I'm no better and no worse. I mean, I ate because of my poor daughter. I've also eaten because I forgot to pick up the dry cleaning. Um, It doesn't matter because all pain leads to the refrigerator. Um, And I actually joined a gym once on the condition that nobody would talk to me or try to be friends with me or engage me in any way. I just wanted to get in and out. And I actually said stuff like that to the people that that sold me my membership. And today I feel like I have known these strangers always. I mean, I get a lot of phone calls because I make a lot of phone calls, and I'm thrilled with every single phone call that I get, and I say so. I'm so glad you called. Please save my number. Call me anytime. I mean, what is that except for a miracle? And when I chose my higher power, you know, me, the, the, the wicked agnostic, you know, I had to choose. What, did I, what could it be? And, and so I thought, what do I really want my higher power to be? I want my higher, higher power to be loving kind. and kind. I'm wrapping up, I'm wrapping up. Loving, kind, and generous. And what did I want him to do, it to do for me? Make me into those things. And guess what? That's what I got. And that's what I have. I have friends today. And I am I have an uncanny understanding of those who come after me and with that I'll pass. Thank you so much, Nancy P. 
So appreciate you getting us started. So we're going to take some names to share on what was read. And although we really value your experience, if you shared on either Thursday or Friday of last week, we ask that you give way to those who have not, so we can let them chime in as well. So who would like to share on what was read? Teresa P. Leslie W. Leslie P. Leslie W. Leia S. Page Larry, we're on page 160, the third paragraph. All right, so I have Teresa P., Leslie W., Leah F., Larry K. And take some more. Oh, I missed somebody. No? Okay. Great group to start. Teresa P., you're up. Please go ahead. Hi, I'm Teresa P. I'm a grateful, compulsive, recovered compulsive overeater. And uh, I like that uh, practical approach. Uh, I didn't know exactly what that was, but what I heard really that stood out for me was the understanding of others and a host of new friends. And that's what I got when I entered the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous. I walked in, and you were my people. Wow, somebody finally understands. I could never talk to anybody. Anytime I brought it, I would go to people. Well, well, actually, I didn't go to people. But I wanted to go to people, and I wanted to get help from my mom. And the only thing that she could do was, you know, tell me just to eat one. And that never worked. She just didn't understand, and I... And I knew that, well, I really didn't know she didn't understand. I didn't understand. This disease is so cunning, baffling, and powerful. But I walked in there, and one of the first stories I heard was this beautiful lady uh, sharing. I mean, she actually glowed. It was like, wow, she's glowing. And, you know, and she talked about dropping a, a muffin on the floor, picking, you know, picking it up and brushing it off. You know, okay, now we're going to eat it. And I thought, yeah, I relate. And that's what I needed, you know, people that understood me. And, you know, and people would, you know, and they're friendly and come up to me. And I don't know what to do with friendly. I know how to be, to look good, but I don't know how to do it with friendly and, and then actually communicate with people. And and it's been a long road for me because, you know, I just, I so disconnected from from. When I was a child, it's just like I didn't fit, I didn't understand, I couldn't communicate, and and I just was disconnected, and I didn't know I was disconnected. And what I get to do is just keep coming back, and you know, God does for me what I can't do for myself. I know that the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous have the answer, and I also knew, you know, reading the Big Book that I identified, you know, it was alcohol in there, but I identified. And I loved how we used to just go ahead and substitute the words. I just put in food for alcohol and, you know, um, compulsive overeater for alcoholic. And, you know, that was me marching through the pages. I mean, how did they know, you know, what I did? And it's in, it's in writing. <laughs> they not only said it, it's in write, published writing for years. And I loved it. 
And, you know, and I loved all the literature, too, of, of OA because it talked about it. But mostly, you know, but I kept coming back to the big book because, you know, it does have the way. But, you know, people didn't talk about it that much. And I really am so glad that I did, too, a program that, thank you, and I'll wrap up, that talks about the big book. And this really, it just brings it recovery to life for me. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much, Teresa. Leslie W., your turn. Thanks, Amy. Thanks for your service. Thanks, everybody. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Tennessee. Um, you know, I was just just wanted to speak up on this this morning and and share my own experience and and the absence of intolerance of any kind. You know, um, what what a what a rare thing that is. I mean, I just really wanted to take a minute and and appreciate the the truth of that statement because many of us have come through life feeling as though we didn't fit we didn't fit in with our classmates we didn't fit in with our family of origin we didn't fit in with friends we didn't fit in at church we didn't fit in here there and you know I think one of the things that makes this program so attractive, or at least it did for me, was this uncanny understanding and absolute absence of intolerance, a judgment-free zone. And I don't know about you guys, but I never had that growing up. Um, I never experienced experience that in any circle that I traveled in. And what what's even crazier is that I never knew. Like I never knew that um I never knew how good it could be. I never knew how wonderful it would be to walk into a room where no one would judge me where no one would um, be unkind um, or manipulate. And, and that's, just, that's just such a rare find today. And so I'm really, really grateful that I've been able to experience that on this phone line and in the rooms of of readers anonymous and seeing all of your faces um you know i just honestly am so grateful that i got to see the people that i got to see at convention last year and um and i just that's it that's all i wanted to say thanks amy thank you so much leslie okay leah s you're up please go ahead Thank you so much. Um, oh, I don't know your name, moderator. <laughs> but <That's okay>. um, <laughs> this is Leah S. Recovered in Brooklyn. And thank you so much, Leslie. You took the words out of it. You couldn't have explained it much better than I could. Unbelievable, the unjudgment uh, that I felt when I came in. 
And um, not only that, um, people were, uh, these people, what they had were irresistible. That pure joy that I saw and that I felt. And um, it was just, it just came from a source where it was, it was, um, it was not um, cynical. And I came from, from um, cynicism and, uh, and, 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 you know, a lot of, a lot of negativity. And I found that over here, I was honestly welcomed so unbelievably and I knew that this is where I want to I want to stay I want to be I want to be like these people and then there's one more sentence they had visioned the great reality what is that great reality and I found out that I personalized my God that God is now going to be to me all positive and non-negative and I'm not going to allow this, this. I never knew this because what you said was, you know, with your ruler or with your whatever I was growing up with, you know. Now I'm going to have a positive God. I'm going to have a loving God. And I'm also going to have love, kindness, and tolerance and acceptance in this program. And then I was able to expand it. And yeah, before I didn't personalize it, I couldn't, um, I couldn't actually grow in this program. And thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you so much, Leah. Okay, Larry K., it's your turn. Say my name. Amy, I can't forget your name. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thanks so much, um, Larry K., Recovered. You know, this paragraph reminds me of the, um, the adage that no problem can be solved from the same level of consciousness that created it. And th- this is a practical approach to gaining access to a higher power. And, and, and one of the things that we receive is peace from that spiritual awakening. There's so many things with that peace. And it doesn't mean um, that peace to be uh, uh, in a place where there's no chatter, you know, no noise doesn't mean that there's no trouble or hard work. There's all those things. Rather, it means in the midst of those things, we can still be calm in our hearts. See, I, I didn't think that was possible. And recovery through the uh, 12 steps can, can help us find that peace. But, but for me, perhaps it was a different peace than I imagined when I arrived here. You know, there was a big newsflash for me. Recovery won't make my problems disappear and nor will they prevent new ones from appearing. And, um, or that I'll always act from a place of spiritual enlightenment, you know, hearing tr- uh, trumpets and seeing angels. I, I don't see those things or hear those things. This isn't, wasn't a personality transplant. It was like getting corrective uh, lenses, you know, corrective spiritual lenses. I could see, I came in with, you know, like 20, 40 perceptive vision and through this 12-step process, uh, I'm corrected. I move closer to 2020 vision. And life can still get blurry. It still happens. But for me, recovery, uh, you know, began to take the sharp edges off because I saw it in you. I saw those sharp edges being, you know, you became, I saw that you were less reactionary. You were less judgmental. You were less critical. You were more open to letting people in. And I thought, wow, maybe, maybe that's possible for me too. 
and and I saw that you, you you told me you couldn't think your way out of you know think your way to freedom, um, and and yet I thought that I could, that I could I could analyze my way out of this problem, that I could you know again and again sort of connect the dots to my you know pinpoint the smoking gun from my past. That's why I'm a compulsive reader. But it was none of those things you told me. You told me that I had a a spiritual malady. You told me that about the twofold nature of this disease. And I'm reminded of, of an old cartoon. It's a, a prisoner shaking the bars, desperately trying to get out. But to his right and to his left, there's no bars. And all the prisoner has to do is walk around. But I'm still shaking the bars. And the, the word, in essence, that we, we were our own jailer. There was no prison guards giving chase. In fact, the, there was no prison guards to begin with. You know, maybe I felt safer in jail. But for me, there was no way out except having a spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. And this thing works, you told me. And, and I found out experientially, it really does. What an amazing possibility of hope for anyone. With that, I pass. Thanks, Amy. Thank you, Larry. Okay, so we're going to take some more names here. Again, if you shared on Thursday or Friday of last week. Loretta A. Let some other folks share. All right, Loretta. Mary Beth F. Liz E. UK. Mary Beth Liz E. UK. Melissa C. Melissa. Anybody else? I have Loretta H, Mary Beth F, Liz E UK, <laughs> Liz E, uh, Melissa C. Anybody else? Christina J. Christina J. Okay. All right. Another awesome group, Loretta H., Mary Beth F., Liz E., Melissa C., Christina J. Okay, Loretta, take it away. Loretta, star one to unmute. Loretta H. Good morning, Amy. It just takes me a while to unmute. Thank you for your no service problem. and everybody on the line for what they do every day to keep me safe. This is Loretta H., compulsive overeater, anorexic, grace with God's absence for today. And I looked up the word practical because I do that in the morning when I read the passage that we're going to read, and it says active and action, which is what our program is about, um, is, you know, we have the steps and we have this book, but we have to take action to actually work the program because it just doesn't come in with osmosis. And um, on Friday, my husband and I um, had a violation. In fact, we even had to call the police. And as a result of that, before he called them, but before they came, I did a 10-step on it because um, I have to practice these principles in all my affairs. And with that grace that I got through that, I have not struggled with the issue since it all happened on Friday. And 
I am so grateful because love and tolerance is my code. And as a result of that, I went to bed that night and even got my husband to, because I, as somebody sometimes shares, I couldn't take his spiritual temperature, but I got him to calm down because of the work I'm doing in this program. And I, the only reality and anything I can change is mine with my higher power. And I have to tolerate my own reality, not anybody else's. And the steps provide that path to having me work on, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and the courage to change the things I can. And with the courage is the action um, because I can't just sit around as that person shared about the prisoners and have all this freedom and just sit there and scream about how um, chained I am to anything. So God is good. This program has just saved my life, my marriage, my relationships, my everything, because um, when I do 10, 11, and 12, I can have a relationship with others. But I have to do one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight to have a relationship with God and myself. So I am very, very grateful. It prevented me from, as somebody always shared, um, you know, the steps are so that I won't commit suicide and the traditions are so that I won't commit homicide. And with that, I pass. Have a blessed day. Perfect. Perfect timing. Okay. Thank you so much, Loretta. Mary Beth, it's your turn. Thanks, Amy. Good morning, everybody. This is Mary Beth, recovering compulsive eater, anorexic in South Bend, Indiana. And um, this paragraph is so incredibly powerful. Nancy, thanks for starting us off. So what jumped out for me was um, the absence of intolerance and the uncanny understanding which these people had were irresistible. And I was just really, um, I realized how threatening that was for me. The uncanny understanding, you know, because for me, um, I didn't want to identify in. I, uh, because I thought, that the one thing that made me special and unique and connected to my family, all of whom suffered from eating disorders, two of them who died directly from the illness, that I thought was the only thing that also connected me with my family. So it was extremely threatening for me to even think of healing and moving on from that. And so as I sit here this morning with hundreds of people who get this, I am grateful and scared because who am I if I am not these things? And, you know, I appreciate what was said about, you know, the same mind cannot heal from, you know, with the same mind that, you know, created it. Larry, you said it so much better than I just did, but you get it. 
And I just realized what an ill compulsion it is for us to protect our illness, you know, uh, to protect ourselves with isolation. But it's almost like having uh, intolerance, no, no, having, um, connecting with the devil I know instead of the devil I don't know, you know, and it's not a devil at all. It's a, it's an unimaginable freedom and, and hope and sense of aliveness that I think we all want. Um, I know I do. And thank God for this program because I get it. I get to learn that every day as I work the steps. So thank you so much for everybody for being here. Um, I um, love you all and I'll, I look forward to hearing what everybody else has to say. Thanks. Thank you, Mary Beth. Okay. Let's go ahead with Liz E. Go ahead, Liz. Oh, hi. This is Liz E. from uh, Bristol, UK. Thank you very much to everybody for doing service today. It's just amazing um, to be on this call. And um, just felt I needed to show up and share today. I'm on step four, and I'm just really blessed and so grateful for the resources from A Vision for You, the very practical approach. And that just works for me so well. I've just got to do what I'm asked today. And it's today I've got to do it, not tomorrow, not yesterday. And you, you know, this fellowship is just full of healthy people who are sharing a really brilliant message of recovery and healthy challenge. Um, I'm not after um, after friendship, that's a bonus. I'm after some people who are gonna sharpen me, get me to recovery, because I want what many, many of you have got um, in these rooms and on this call. And um, that is what is irresistible to me. I want a piece of that action that you've all got. And um, it's just, um, the host of new friends. You know, the I speak to people and they're just so welcoming and they're so encouraging. It's just off the charts. And um, I'm just so, so grateful. And step four is a difficult thing, but I, you know, I spoke to somebody this morning and they just gave me some gentle encouragement. Wow, what, how amazing is that? So um, thank you all so much. And I've got an amazing sponsor who is just incredible. So thank you to you all. And good afternoon from Bristol, UK. Thank you so much, Liz. Good afternoon. Okay, Melissa C., it's your turn. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning, Amy. Thank you so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I'm in New York. Um, going to start my timer. So, you know, for me, like, my eye um, landed on the word irresistible, you know, and, and that, that was a word I always reserved for food for more, you know, too tempting, too tempting to resist. And, um, you know, and what was irresistible about Overeaters Anonymous, you know, um, that there was something practical here, that there was um, 
something that people were doing that got them relief, and um, there was no intolerance. You know, when I walked into a meeting, I was greeted with genuine warmth, like loving and understanding people who told my story and who just wanted to help. Like, I I, I got that. And I was so filled um you know, with pain and humiliation, when I got to that spot, um, I couldn't even make eye contact, you know. And and this place was irresistible to me then. It drew me in because I was told welcome home from people who meant it. You know, I knew that they meant it. And, you know, today, um, like, I get to say that I have seen the miracle. Like, it talks about this great miracle. I've seen the miracle, this it's a miracle of healing. You know, it's God. My creator entered my life um, and rearranged me, rearranged my whole demeanor and my heart. You know, like I grew um, to become exactly what I once found irresistible when I walked in that meeting. You know, practical in my approach, more loving and tolerant, um, and genuinely understanding. I'm a jet. I think... You know, I'm not perfect, <laughs> but I do, I feel my heart has changed, that I I have a genuine understanding for a fellow, for someone who walks in, um, I have my eye, like, um, on people, I have a real soft spot for people who um, come in looking like I felt, beaten down looking the way that I was 11 years ago. And um, and I just, I really, like, I just want to help. No um, no ulterior motive here. And, and that's, a, that's a softened heart. That's a miracle of healing. I walked in a different woman. I walked in, give me the diet, you know, just give me the diet. Just make me fit more comfortably in the seat that I was sitting in there because, you know, my thighs were spilling over the side, and that was all I wanted then, and I don't want the same thing today. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Christina J., please go ahead. Good morning. Christina J. from the state of Washington. Um, Yeah, you know, uh, so long of a life of beating myself up and living under the guise of everyone's judgment when in truth that judgment was just really in my own head. I've discovered that most people are worrying about the same thing I am. What What is the other guy thinking of them? And the weight, oh, there's one way God used to get to me was the weight. I just could not fathom five or ten pounds and appearing in public. I mean, I was so, so horrified and shamed by the weight. Um as I did the fourth step, I was horrified and shamed by the way I lived in self-centeredness for so many years. But um, early on, the weight was just such a horrible thing, and no one could accept me. And my husband at the time did not accept me either. He was horrified by my weight. And so I was just living in this horrific place of unacceptance, intolerance. He was verbally abusive about it. And, you know, I'm not a victim or, or anything. It was just part of my journey then. Um, so when I came into the rooms, as this guy is experiencing, this abund- absence of intolerance, as many have shared, the relaxed atmosphere, 
there was honesty. There was an understanding. And I could relax. And I didn't have to hide in big dresses and jackets. I, you know, I'm a performer, and I would put on massive clothes in 100-degree weather to perform because I was so scared that I could not be accepted in the world of um, art and, um, you know, Hollywood or whatever that I was dreaming of uh, if I was fat. And so it was this huge battle continuously. And when I came into these rooms, wow. And, you know, um, it's just when I heard on the lines the vision people saying recovered, this was a miracle to me. I mean, I didn't find a lot of miracles in the rooms. God bless the rooms. But I found it on the vision line, and this miracle was going to be one that would come to me eventually. I had to do a lot of work. I had to look at some stuff, and I still do today every day. But what is happening now is that I relaxed in my skin. I don't worry about my weight anymore. I'm not at perfect weight yet, but I don't really care. What's more important to me is my emotional health and the fact that I've come to love myself. And I've I got people surrounding me now that love me. I don't draw in people that reject me anymore. <clears throat> they had visioned the great reality, their loving and all-powerful creator. This is a vision that is slowly seeking in, sinking in and taking over my heart. I mean, more and more every day. And it's the most beautiful place to live, walking with the powerful creator. There is one who has all power. And that may you find him now. I love that prayer, um, that little statement. So um, I'm just so grateful, and I, I thank all of you for accepting me and loving me, and I don't have to worry about you judging anything I say. You understand we're all on this journey together. I don't have to be afraid to share and that, you know, someone's going to say, oh, she's just not getting it. And, you know, that, that was my fear in the beginning, that all of you know so much and I know so little, and how am I going to compete? Well, that's In these rooms, that's BS. So anyway, thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you so much, Christina J. So who else would like to share on what was read? We have time for three or four. Chuck K. Jen A. Chuck K. Jen A. Anybody else? Liba. I'm sorry, what? Say that again? Liba. Oh, Reba? Yes. And your initial? Your last name? S. S as in Sam? Yes. Okie doke. Gotcha. Maybe one more? Okay. We'll go with that. Chuck K, Jen A, Reba S. All right, Chuck, please go ahead. Chuck, star one, unmute, please. Hey, this is Chuck. I'm a compulsive overreader from Georgia. Can you hear me now? I can. Perfect. You know, I like when things are in line and, and you're right in the big book right where you need to be. And what I was thinking was I still have a very uncomfortable relationship with my dad. There are a lot of things that have happened in my life, and, and it's just been a very hard struggle. I love my dad. He loves me, but it's just life occurred. And one of the things that happened over the weekend is uh, he got sick, and I had to take him 
to do a few things. And as we were going, I had to help him with his clothes, and it's very uncomfortable to me to show emotion or even touch him. And it's sad, but it's just the way it is. And as we were going, he mentioned that, you know, Chuck, we haven't had a fight in about a month now. He said, that's about a miracle, isn't it? And then he had another smart comment to say, and I sat there listening to him, and I thought, that's a miracle of this program, that I have the ability to keep my mouth shut. And I remember several weeks ago hearing that someone said that it isn't these things that have happened to us that make us compulsive overeaters. And that took me a long time to, to bring into my heart to learn. I'm a compulsive overeater for two reasons. I have an obsession of the body, of the mind, and, the, and an allergy of the body. That's why. Not because of getting yelled at and all these other things that I think that have happened to me. Some other wonderful blessings that I've had in my life occurred this weekend. I am more active. Uh, I am losing weight. People around me, my wife, who knows me better than anyone, sees things differently in me that I really didn't see at the beginning at least. And and I heard someone just a minute ago say, well, the weight's wonderful. I'm coming on my first 100 pounds loss. I've got a lot more to go. But when I compare that against this emotional healing, this spiritual healing, seeing what God is doing for me in my life, that's so much more wor worthful to me. I'm so happy to see those things versus the weight. The weight's a wonderful thing. But having this spiritual and emotional life where I'm not running around telling everybody what to do, manipulating everyone, doing all of these uh, bad behaviors because I just want control of everything, that's an even more wonderful blessing. So I'm right where I need to be in the big book this morning. I'm glad that I'm able to share, and I'm glad I have some really nice things to share about, and I hope it encourages someone to stick with the program. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chuck K. All right, Jen A., your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for hosting today. My name is Jen A. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic, and bulimic from Colorado. And um, I, I don't even know where to start on this paragraph. There's so much. Um, but let me just start where, where I started. And that was when I came in. I got hugged to death. Um, I had a heart that was hard encased in stone and wrapped in barbed wire and I will just tell you that conversations were had with me and it was like oh just keep coming back it works if you work it and you know I just I kept coming back and I kept talking to people and I kept sitting in the rooms and, and I really wasn't taking action I really hadn't put down the food entirely and I wasn't really doing um, the 12 steps as they were outlined um, in the big book um, in in order um, but what I will tell you is that when I did work the program um, that's when the miracle started to occur, right? I worked the program. I, the soul surgery, it was amazing. Like, I was just cracked wide open. You know, the vessels of my heart were so clogged, and one after another after another became open. Um, God could come in, right? That's the all-powerful creator, the great reality. It's God. I was returned to health. I have strength. I have sanity. I'm so, so grateful for this program, right? And then here's the best part that I read this morning. It says, 
right here, he and his wife would leave elated by the thought of what they could now do for some stricken acquaintance in his family. That to me is where I'm at today, right? I feel like I've been restored to sanity, that I'm living in a right-sized body, that I am living happy, joyous, and free, even when the turbulence of, of the greatest tide comes in and rocks my boat. My captain is God, and he steers my ship completely in the right direction every single time if I rely on him and don't try and take the wheel. And like Bill and Lois, when we are at Stepping Stones, and let me just tell you, talk about a miraculous place to be. You know, there's miracles. There's this, there's this feeling when you're in that Stepping Stone, when you're in the home of these two people who unselfishly gave their life to this program, who, who, who wrote the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, who started Al-Anon, right? They served God and others. That's what it's telling me to do, is to go out and serve God and God's kids. What, what a great thing, you know, and, and from coast to coast and country to country, continent to continent, like it's amazing the people that are here in Overeaters Anonymous. And I get to share my experience, strength, and hope today of how God came in and did the miraculous for me. You know, there's no earthly explanation for how I landed six hours in a car one way, six hours back with my mom. That was a person that I couldn't stand. And I drove to Nebraska and back with her this week. And I sat on a boat with her for four hours in the water. And you know what? It was a beautiful experience because of the transformation that's occurred in a girl like me today. So you want to see miracles? Miracles don't happen by just sitting around. Like somebody said today, I had to take action. I, had, I continue to take action day after day. Inventory after inventory, phone call after phone call. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a beautiful program. I'm so, so grateful for it. Thanks, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Jen A. Okay. Reba S. Please go ahead. It's your turn. Um, press star one to unmute, please. I yeah, I was just talking. There you are. <laughs> I was just talking. Um, this is Lisa S. in San Francisco. It's like so something in the morning here. I just happened to be up in contact. My sponsor sent me the number. So I'm very, very Great. grateful um, to be on this meeting this morning. And um, for me, um, you know, I'm definitely I'm recovering from an eating disorder. And for me, what I realized is that it's not a damn thing wrong with me. You know, that is, like, so clear in my mind now. It's not a damn thing wrong with me. You know, I think I just ran around. Children in school said I was fat, you know, feeling like this wasn't with the family because I grew up in all these different homes and stuff, you know. Um, um, the racism that was going on, I wasn't white. The, the sexism that was going on, I wasn't a male. You know, just all these things, raising children by myself, there wasn't a father there. And I just felt like this was wrong, that was wrong. The other, wasn't a damn thing wrong with me, you know, because my creator had me, had me and has me all the time. There's nothing wrong with me. We are on this planet um, to come and do the work. And that's it. I'm on here doing the work. But it's nothing wrong with me. So, you know, that's that's what it took me all these years to figure out, you know, and the weight is coming off of me and I'm so abundantly grateful. I'm so abundantly grateful for this program. 
to do the steps, but it is. It's what they say, faith without works is dead, you know. So, you know, to do the work, you get the results. But what I've realized is that it's just not a damn thing wrong with me. And that's beautiful to see. You know, there's things, of course, I'm here doing the work. Um, but it's nothing wrong with me. So I just, uh, that's what I hold on to because, you know, if, if I'm the creator's and the creator, you know, created me um, in the creator image, then how could there be anything wrong with me? Um, so, yeah, yeah, I'm thankful, though, to be here doing the work today and to be on this meeting and, um, you know, to just have so clear in my mind that it's not a damn thing wrong with me. Um, so, anyway, and um, if it ain't a damn thing wrong with me, it ain't a damn thing wrong with nobody else neither because we're all, you know, underneath that creation, um, but we all got work to do. So, with that, um, thank you very much for letting me share, and with that, I'm out. Thank you so much, Riva. Okay, we have time for, I guess, one more share. Who would like to share? Don't be shy. One more person. We want to hear from you. Don't make me beg. I'll share. Maya yeah, Kay. Yes, that, please. I'm getting tired of Maya. hearing my voice. Okay, Maya. Maya Kay, please take us out. Um, hi, I'm Maya Kay. Um, uh, recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic from New York. Um, I guess I, I really like that um, paragraph. Um, I guess it just reminded me of the people I was hanging out with yesterday on the phone after the meeting. Um, just amazing people that I've I've just come to kind of hang out with from program and um, you know, I've been around it for a long time and been through a lot, you know, um, with hospitals and it's not 30 years and and just I've come such a long way and how OA has carried me through. Um, really, I've been, I feel like I've been raised by OA and, and have learned a way of living that's amazing. And uh, it was so good to hear um, people share before and like I also have learned, you know, through OA that I'm not a piece of shit, and I thought I was, um, and um, that was kind of enlightening. Especially my fourth step, I found out, wow, I'm actually, wow, I'm a good person, <laughs> you know, and um, in a lot of ways, and uh, and and I also, you know, had to forgive myself for for things, and I'm human, you know, and I also realized. You know, nobody's perfect, and um, but that I have a good heart and all that, and um, you know, I've come such a long way, and I'm not perfect. Even my food isn't always perfect, but I mean, I haven't done anything bulimic since my I was pregnant 21 years ago. That's a miracle, and I I was in hospitals because I couldn't trust myself, you know, and now I'm free. And I, I can trust myself, and my worst is really nothing. Um, it's you know I haven't had sugar or flour in 16 years, and you know I mean sloppy is is nothing. It's really 
I'm so grateful. I'm so blessed. I'm so um, lucky. I'm free, you know, like it says in the big book. And and the people that I I was talking to um, yesterday, they they've been there, and they're not ashamed. And I'm not ashamed where I've been. I can say, yeah, at 25, I was, you know, in the hospital for six months because I I couldn't trust myself to not hurt myself with food or laxatives. And now here I am, you know, talking to people who said the same thing. Oh, yeah, I've been through that route too. And, And I look at them and they're functional and normal and we're all living our lives and, you know, my house is clean and I have great recommendations, and I'm just grateful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Maya. Okay, we're going to wrap things up here. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for another awesome second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the share ID for today's meeting, Monday, June 8, 2020, is 14,770. That's one four seven seven zero. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Lisa B., could you please go ahead and read that? Oh, good morning, Amy. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.